Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, welcome everyone to Pardon the Intermission. I'm Eric. And I'm Jason. And we thank you guys all for being here and joining us. Absolutely. We've got another fun-filled information-packed show for you. Yes, we do. Do we? I hope so. We do, Eric. Okay. <laughs> we have a different show because we're going to deviate here a little bit from the norm, folks. Because I know the last few weeks we've spoken a lot about three things. Disney, Star Wars, and Star Trek. Not necessarily yes. in that order. So because we've been giving you information overload on some really interesting stories and topics that we have discussed... We're going to break from that trend. We're going to talk about some stuff totally different, but still kind of has been making some headlines here in the entertainment world and in pop culture, and uh, invariably, to some degree, still affects us, whether or not we're fans of Johnny Depp, hint, hint, at what we might talk about first, or whether we really want to hate Will Wheaton even more for being Wesley Crusher <laughs> or not, hint, hint, at what something else we might talk about. Well, yeah, let's start with what you first said there. Uh, yeah. Johnny Depp is kind of interesting, so I guess yeah. he's, he's in this new movie. I don't, to be honest, I really really don't know much about it. Uh, yeah. So it's supposed to be, they say, a big... People are calling it a big comeback movie. It's yeah. funny. He's kind of saying, come back from where, though? I mean, it's like, I never exactly. left. I never went anywhere. Why am I coming right. back? You right, know? exactly. Um, but uh, so he's got this big coming... He was at Cannes Film Festival, right? And Con, so, the Cannes Film Festival Cannes Film Festival. Like Cannes. Yeah, I call it Cannes. Cannes, Cannes, whatever. I'm the, I'm the American version. I call it Cannes. Or Cannes. Cannes. Potato, potato. The Cannes Film Festival. Cannes Film Festival. All right. Yeah, my sophisticated <laughs> days, I'll call it Cannes. I'm in the Cannes Film Festival. Let's just say you're not going to be narrating. Rosetta Stone language Let's, films anytime soon. <laughs> Let's just say I'm not going to be invited anytime soon. How about right, that? Right. Um, but anyway, he, he was at the film festival, and it was kind of funny. You had uh, posted this story where yes. uh, they were they were asking him questions about that, yeah. about being mm. boycotted. Yeah. Um, he kind of brought up, a lot of people are making a stir about this, uh, because mm. he kind of brought up, basically, it's a subject that we all know. Yeah. Um, he's saying, uh, they asked him, do you feel boycotted? He said, boycotted. Uh, do I feel boycotted now? No, uh, I don't feel boycotted by, by Hollywood because yeah. I don't think about Hollywood, he says. And this is from the Los Angeles Times, by the way, an okay. article. I don't have much use for Hollywood. Do you? Mm -hmm. It's strange. Funny time when people feel like they can't be themselves. They must fall in line with the person in front of them. Yeah. If you want to live that life, I wish you the best. I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Whoa. Johnny coming in hard there. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, obviously, we all know the trial the trial of the other century. Century, right. <laughs> which was uh, uh, his and uh, Amber Heard's trial. Yeah, that um, was the uh, defamation lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, towards... Uh, uh, well, that he filed against her. That's right. That's right. For for all the stuff that she filed against him. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting that now uh, you know here we have you know I think Hollywood is in in a, in a transitional time period for sure, and it may be yeah. on its way out because mm. yeah, I, I think the way that 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 uh, uh, technology is gone, you don't yeah. need to necessarily and and I'll, and I'll say this too. I'll also preface preface it with this i don't think you always needed to have the big budget cameras and sets and 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 equipment to get mm -hmm. a great movie there's been some great independent movies out there that blow away mm -hmm. the the so-called blockbusters put out by the studios mm -hmm. so i i don't think you need that in and especially now with with this digital age we're in yeah even to make a movie look really good with special yeah. effects you don't really need the big 
Blockbuster Studios anymore yeah. uh, to help you with that. Yep. So anyway, I, th- I think it's through a very interesting time. Um, so he's making, obviously, reference to saying that if you don't follow... Uh, basically, my my interpretation is you don't follow the wokeness in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You're on the outs. Yeah. But uh, that's fine if you want to live that life. But I'm not there. Yeah. So yeah, and just kind of diving in a little bit deeper into what Eric is is talking about here. Johnny Depp, of course, uh, has has spent has done a lot of um, repair to his public image since. I mean, look, we all know that the defamation lawsuit against him really spewed his name throughout in the mud, not only just from him, but Amber Heard's as well. We heard a lot of salacious, a lot of um, a lot of really bad um, innuendos and insinuations of some really vulgar stuff that went on between both of them. And of course, this really hurt Johnny Depp's public image because up until the defamation lawsuit, Johnny Depp was viewed as one of the most talented and diverse actors of his generation, which he is. But he was also viewed as somewhat, uh, I don't want to say as uh, altruistic, but, you know, he would go around to kids' hospitals dressed up as Captain Jack Sparrow Mm -hmm. and make appearances at kids' hospitals. And he's always been very open about his love and protection of his kids with his uh, first partner, Vanessa Paradis. And so he was always just kind of viewed as this really soft-spoken movie star who looked more like Keith Richards and didn't want to act the part of a movie star. In fact, Depp was quoted several times years ago as saying he wanted to be a rock star. And if he had it all to yeah, do sure. over again, he wouldn't have been an actor or anybody famous for that fact. Well, that's what he, I think he originally but, went out to Hollywood, uh, at, you know, cause he could play. And, and obviously, I mean, he was, I think he was in a band and, yeah. uh, and he got picked up for 21, 21 Jump, Jump Street. Street. Yeah. yeah. But so, and uh, just, or was it, uh, Friday, the, uh, yeah, Friday, the Friday, 13th. The 13th. Friday, the 13th, was no, not Friday, the 13th, sorry. Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street. That's right. That, that was, was his first first big breakout yeah. role, and then he went to jump, Twenty One Jump Street after which that, which kind of that that took off yeah. his, his acting career. Took yeah, off after exactly. that, and then. But so yeah, uh, kind of again building on what Eric said when Johnny Depp made an appearance at the Con Film Con Film Festival Cons. in France, uh, he went there to um, um, promote the film that he has been in. That he was the first film that he's been in for over three years called Jean Dubry. I took Spanish, not French, so bear with me, folks. And it's a costume drama that opened the 76th edition of the film festival. But Depp was grilled left and right by the international and local media there about whether he thinks that Hollywood has either blackballed him or has attempted to essentially blacklist him. Yeah, boycott. Yeah, boycott him. And Depp was very, very... All the bees. All the bees. He was very, very upfront and very cryptic at times with his... Um, with he's his always responses. been that way, though, right? I mean, he, he's it, always been very it, acerbic with the media. Yeah, when you when, yeah. when he when he talks, I mean, I remember even watching him on. Remember, they used to do Actor Studio. I do. Way James back in the Lipton. day, James Lipton. Yep, yeah, and, and you know, and he would talk, and you're like, you're trying to listen to every word because you can't quite understand. It's like you know, right. you almost talk kind of like Keith Richards, or kind of like Ozzy Osbourne. You know, like wait, what did that guy say? We're doing it for the kids, you know. We're doing it for the kids. But then he'll say stuff, and yeah, you do. He's very cryptic. You're right. Yeah. Here's the deal, though. I'll tell you what. You know, when when that when the trial was going on, we yeah. got to see some videotape of behind the scenes and listen, yeah. people. I have no trust me. I have no uh, no fantasies that this guy is you know has his moments of not being a nice guy. And I'm not. Mm-hmm. And, but but I mean, you know, listen. He's he's looked like he was drinking a lot, and yep. there was a lot of stuff going on in those videos. And mm-hmm. listen, we you know, hey, people are people. Mm-hmm. I think I think if anything, it, it did show that you know these are real people, and that's what Absolutely. we have to remember. These are not superstars yeah. that are above everything, and they right. live you know they're higher on a higher plane than anyone else. No, they're right. regular people.
people. You know, they do stuff right. just like we do. Uh, sometimes they get out of control, maybe not like we do. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but they are people. They're and yeah. and that's what we have to remember. They are uh, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Now, if you choose to you know watch their content because of of their actions, that's totally up to each person. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I think too what what he's saying is true that you know ultimately you know Hollywood has become this cult and it probably always has been and if mm-hmm. you don't follow in line with what the cult wants then you will be ousted if you don't fit that politically correct model that Hollywood need demands you have because Hollywood's industry is based entirely on perception it's yeah. based entirely on rumors we don't go see movies unless they have the big name stars in them. Well, not all the time. I I correct myself. Not all the time. I've seen some wonderful films that haven't been A-list movies, films like Sideways and films like Oh yeah, yeah, Sunshine right, yeah. that haven't had the big star attraction but they've been fantastic films. But where I'm going with this is because Hollywood is all about public perception and how we view our actors and actresses, the entertainers that give us the join these films. They obviously are, and Johnny Depp has been one of the most marketable, bankable stars in Hollywood for the better part of two and a quarter decades. Yeah. And so when this, someone, when something like this happens to someone like him in particular, it not only hurts his image, but it also hurts Hollywood's image because they can't use him to market any movies because of public perception. Well, I, I think what, what what it was, though, I think kind of what this was, was that this kind of broke out of that. You know, you understand Hollywood was going through that Me Too thing for a the long time with, yeah. with Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you know... As far as, you know, I'm not here to say, you know, it doesn't sound like Harvey Weinstein was too nice of a guy, but, you know, whatever. That's no, that, that will let other people that are that are dealing with the uh, cases to figure all that yeah, out. Yeah, right, right. My point, though, is this, that I think with Johnny Depp, it kind of came to a head, and it's like it, 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 it came to a point to where it's like with Amber Heard, you know, it's like you have to have the proof of what you're saying. You can't just from now on just say things are happening. I think that's what, right. that's what I'm getting is I think people were just tired of just being able to say that, oh, this person hurt me and, oh, we have to believe them because of whatever they are and, and not, who they you know, are. And, and, and yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and it's okay to destroy other people in their careers without any evidence. Yeah. And so I think that's what came to a head. And I think that's why a lot of people, um, we're on Johnny's side. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, when you watch the trial, it was pretty hilarious, I got to say. There were some moments in there. But anyway. Yeah, um, yeah you say the least. <laughs> so so I, I think, when, and when you were saying that Hollywood has to protect his image, you know, I almost think that, you know, maybe that was the case like way back in the day. But, you know, I, I think they're, they're not doing it now for the public. I think they're doing it for themselves. I think they think themselves that they're above it all. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And, yeah. and they're not. I mean, in all honesty. I mean, and they forget mm-hmm. who actually pays the bills for hollywood it's it's you know it's us it's those of us that purchase the tickets because the movie theaters do not get the bulk of the revenue from ticket sales folks hollywood banks in more than 70 percent of ticket sales the theaters get what's left over but the theaters make their money off of concession sales primarily well and and it's even and it's even the content i mean sorry i know we weren't going to talk about it but it's even like the content that we've talked about many times on here like on these streaming services that are going you know disney plus being a big one the content's going down the product is is going down but just because you have a name on that product doesn't mean people are going to flock to it and buy it and so yeah i think they forget who pays the bills but 
getting back to Johnny, Johnny that's I, I love I love that he, that he just you know he's like listen I mean I never left I never left I was still always there you know they basically saying yeah. they left me yeah. and that's fine they can have their little playground yeah. I'm gonna I'm just gonna do my own thing and and yeah. which he should anyway he's better I mean I loved him as Captain Jack but to be honest he's better mostly as the independent guy mm-hmm. doing these quirky roles I don't know this particular uh, movie he was in but I mean I but he's much about it but he's better yeah. doing roles like that or he's made his career out of that and i think he just that's just his home base yeah right? and you know what actually eric i applaud johnny for taking the stance that he's taking with his public image because he could have very easily after this trial um stay he could have stayed hidden under a rock and lived off of his fortune for the rest of his life and called it a career but this guy has actually taken um the you know what to come out and look and say look here i am you know, yeah. and he is not going to take any well, garbage from the media. And and I will, and, but I will say though, having the the fan support he had, yes. that also helps you do that because if nobody was nobody was on his yep. side, I don't. I think he would have probably yeah. just said, you know what, forget it. Then I'll just yeah, I'll just have fun playing my guitars with my friends and you yeah. Know. And see, when, when I read Johnny's comments, I took them as okay. This was him basically uh, um, echoing or eschewing. Two of his, two of my, two of his characters that are some of my favorite in movies, which are uh, Special Agent Joe Pistone from the movie Donnie Brasco, mm. one of the best Johnny Depp roles. If you have not seen that movie yet, it also has Al Pacino. But then he also played um, portrayed a real life drug dealer by the name of George Young in the movie Blow, which oh, is another yeah, yeah. one of his best roles. Mm. So when I read these quotes, I could hear George Young. And Special Agent Joe Pistone, portrayed by Johnny Depp, coming through in these quotes as if to say, mm. I'm not taking anyone's garbage. If you don't like me, you don't like me. If you do like me, let me make some movies. Let me go out there and do what I've been doing for over 30, 40 years, yeah. and let's see what happens. Well, and you got to remember, too, when this when the case first hit, I mean, everybody, mm-hmm. not the case, I shouldn't say his case, but when, when this whole thing kind of first hit yeah. and the accusations were, were uh, uh, piling on him, I mean, all... All of the news media was piling on this guy. Oh, big I mean, time. Yeah. Not just the They tough. were saying he was the worst of the worst. And I mean, yeah. so, you know, I don't blame him. I mean, listen, for him to come out and just say, you know what, basically, yeah, screw you guys. You know, I'm just, I'm doing my thing and that's the way it is. You want to be over there, go for it. I mean, and, I love it. And then when they found out that about 90, 95% of what Amber Heard said was just pure conjecture and pure hearsay, the media backtracked. And automatically uh, try to double back and say, well, okay, we've been on Johnny's side, but now that most of this has come out, you blah, blah, blah. So they tried to cover their own tales. Oh, yeah, of course. But they didn't do a good enough job of doing that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I'm kind of surprised that Johnny hasn't sued the media for um, for either libel or slander. Uh, he he but, might. Um, it might still might still come. I mean, there's yeah, people that are, that are doing, true. that are suing the media more now, I think. So it's yeah. becoming more of, of a thing to do yeah. that. So he might, he might still. Yeah. If he feels, who knows? Maybe at this point, you know, at some point, you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to move on because yeah, he right, did. Right. He didn't win. How much did he win out of that case? I can't remember. It was uh, he won couple, a few million. Oh, he won more than that. I think he won seventy. I don't not seventy million, but he a good chunk of change. Yeah, good chunk of change. which I don't know how she's going to pay it. I think she's almost out of Aquaman at this point, right? That next Aquaman. I think they've yeah, right. edited her like completely out. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. In fact, if anything, I think the media should be focusing on Amber Heard's career going down the tube rather than his, because <laughs> really, I think her. 
career's been more danger than his is. Well, she got smart and she said, "I'm out of here." So she's yeah, right. She's in Spain, right, being uh, out of the uh, yeah. Who knows where she went? And quite frankly, we don't care where she went. (laughs) Anyway, hey, so okay, to move on here, we had uh, you had your other story you mentioned at the top here. Yes, Uh, Mr. Will Wheaton. What's going on with that guy? Oh my God. Okay, so Will Wheaton. All right, I know I said we weren't going to talk about Star Trek, okay, but I kind of have to go Uh back and recant what Uh we said. This isn't about Star Trek per se, but it involves one of its former cast members. So those of you who know Will Wheaton, you probably know him best as um, the uh, as uh, what's his name on Stand by Me. Uh, Um, Oh, on on Stand by Me. I don't remember what his character's name. I remember the movie Stand by Me. I don't know what his character's name was. Yeah, let's see the character. So Corey Feldman was in that with him. There was um, Teddy Duchamp, who was played by Corey Feldman. And then you had Will Wheaton's character, who was uh, God for the life of me, I just can't remember it now. But at any rate, Will Wheaton Buzz was, Lightyear. No, not Buzz no, Lightyear. Sorry. But Will Wheaton <laughs> was in the popular movie Stand by Me, and he played the uh, you know this young boy trying to kind of find himself with his other friends. But he was most now he's most notably known for playing Wesley Crusher in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yes. Well, so Will Wheaton um, basically came out and took Ken Jennings to task. Mm. Ken Jennings has been one of the guest hosts of. Jeopardy ever since Alex Trebek passed away. Okay. He's been sharing um, bouncing duties back and forth with uh, Maya Bialik, who is the actress from Blossom, and then she was also on... Um, uh, she was. She also made a couple of guest appearances on uh, that show with uh, Jim... Uh, I, I'm drawing blanks here, Eric. I'm getting old, man. Uh, the popular sci-fi show that we liked. Um, not Third Rock from the Sun, but... Um, popular sci-fi show. Was it a comedy? Yeah, the one where um, Jim Parsons and... Um, oh, my gosh. Right? I can't believe we're drawing blanks on this. <laughs> do, 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 like do, a Jeopardy do, do, theme. Yeah, but okay. So at any rate, yeah, so Will Wheaton comes out and basically issued a threat to Ken Jennings saying, your privilege may protect you right now, but we will never forget. So apparently this is due to the fact that... Um, uh, Will Wheaton recently thre- uh, threatened Jennings after it was reported. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say real quick. He played Gordy Lachance. Gordy Lachance, that's right. And uh, yeah, Stand, by, Stand me. by Me with River yeah. Phoenix was in that. That's also. right. Corey yeah. Feldman, Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell was in it. He played Vern. Kiefer Sutherland. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I think that's about all we would really know. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yep. So anyway, um, Rule Wheaton's quotes were in response to um, him apparently threatening Ken Jennings after it was reported he would fill in to host the show after Mayim Bialik reportedly chose to stop hosting due to the Writers Guild of America strike. Yeah. So Deadline reported on May 11th that Mayim Bialik chose to stop hosting the show to stand in solidarity with the striking writers. However, it also reported that Jennings would take over the hosting duties on the show with the final episodes of season 39 being film this week in Culver City. So the show obviously prepared for that pending writer strike. And then in response to Jennings, Will Wheaton comes out. He took the Facebook, no less, where he threatened saying, quote, and I quote Wheaton here, this is a very small town, Ken Jennings, and we will all remember this. Your privilege may protect you right now, but we will never forget. Hashtag WGA strong. <laughs> hmm. Wow. 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 Yeah. Big words there. Big words. So, so, so that I mean, that's not saying. Listen, dude, you know you shouldn't. You're being a scab. It's one thing to say, hey, you're being a scab. You're crossing the line. Another thing to say, we will never forget. What does that even mean? I mean, that could be taken a ton of different ways. Does that mean the guy's got to worry for his life, or does that just mean that the guy won't get a you know job anymore? Right. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't. What know. does that mean? There, there's a lot of ambiguity in that threat because I mean, yeah. look, Ken Jennings is a host. He's not a writer. 
you know. And uh, personally, I think this is just Will Wheaton, um, you know, maybe trying to get attention. Yeah, trying to get attention. Here it is. You know, a lot of these guys are virtue signaling now because of the strike. The Big Bang Theory was the show I was thinking. Oh, Big Bang Theory. That that Will Wheaton made guest appearances with my Mbialik on. Oh, uh, okay. Big Bang Theory. The uh, this this is the thing is that you know I think this is like a little virtue signaling thing here. They think they can get a little bit of press and act tough. And oh, I'm standing with the writers. You know. Yeah. It's like, well, you can stand with them, and then when Chat GPT takes your job over uh, for the writers, I mean, who are you going to stand with then, or is anybody going to stand with you? Yeah, exactly. But, but he also added here that it says Wheaton would later add uh, to uh, add an edit further explaining his threat. It says in the article his threat. Threat. Wonderful. You know, uh, yeah. uh, this is getting more attention than I expected or wanted, and I don't want this to be about me. Uh, disappointed by a choice Kent Ken Jennings made, I want. The attention and energy focused on supporting the writers who are fighting for their professional existence, opposed by billionaires who are keen to ruin my entire industry. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good Picard. Look, in a way, uh, look in a way, I applaud Will Will Wheaton's solidarity because he's actually right. Okay, without the writers, we don't have any of the popular shows and movies that we enjoy, either in the theater. Uh, on the small screen, on our TVs, or Netflix, or anywhere else. So Will Wheaton, in a way, Will Wheaton has a valid point. Well, but, listen, but and, taking and, it out on Ken Jennings is the wrong way to prove that point, though. Well, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of, you're you killing know. the messenger in essence, is what you're doing. Well, no, I mean, you're just kind of using this guy to to try to make a point out there, even right? Even better, even and, better, yeah. And and you know, this this poor guy. I mean, yeah. the only thing I know, I don't even know what what Ken Jennings does except what he won Jeopardy, right? Yeah, and then. And he's uh, uh, still lives in Utah, I think. He he once in a while he hosted the show. That's the only, I think that's the yeah. only thing the guy does. Pretty I mean, much. you know, I don't know what he does for his life or you know for a career or whatever. But I mean, as far as Hollywood goes, it's not like Ken Jennings is going to be in the next Mission Impossible or something, right? right exactly. or, or he's <laughs> no, he's, he's definitely not going to be the next Tom Cruise. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the guy's doing. So yeah. it, it's kind of like you know, you're the, the, this poor guy is just. You know, he's hosting the show for one time, yeah. and then you got Will Wheaton, you got Wesley Crusher all, you know, threatening your right. life and going to, you know, hit and, you with a photon torpedo or something. And obviously, young Wesley has gone through one too many transporters here, has had his <laughs> molecules scrambled one too many times because he clearly feels that as a product of Jeopardy, Ken needs to step down from his hosting duties until the writer's strike has been um, has been resolved and everyone gets back to their daily grind. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, you know, like you just said, you made a very good point, Eric. Ken mm. is not a part of the Hollywood establishment. Yeah. He was merely filling in as a guest host because he was the most successful contestant on Jeopardy in the history of that game show's 50-plus years of being in existence. So, Well, and listen, um, and, and I'll say this. It's not only about – this is not only about – writers i mean you have people right. you have people on these tv shows that have stopped and i'll say it's about production uh, executives late, unfortunately the for me the late night shows i don't miss them at all because i never watch them anyway oh they're all garbage now but but yeah. i will say that you have people though that work on these shows that are not writers that right that, that are affected that by are this. affected by by this strike also that are that are basically losing money or or could yep. be losing their jobs that's right um because they're not working they have bills 
bills to pay too. So, you know, at the same time, you know, Ken Jennings, I don't know much about the writer's strike, to be honest with you. I, it, but as far as, you know, the rest of these shows in Hollywood and, and whatever TV productions and film that, that are going on, you do have people yeah. that still have to pay bills and they want to work still. That's right. So, and they're not, they're not writers, so they're not mm-hmm. striking. So if this guy comes in and helps them pay some bills, I mean, come on, have a little bit of a heart here. Yeah. You know, I understand that, you know, it's one thing to have the writer striking, but, you know, they literally, it sounds like they want to shut, completely shut down Hollywood because they think they're going to get action. Yeah. yeah. But the yeah. problem is, is that this may backfire hugely on them because mm-hmm. of the fact that you have, right, you've got technology that can write a lot of these, which probably mm-hmm. would do a better job, I think, sometimes with some of these scripts. Yeah. But not mm-hmm. only that, you know, you also are in a recession. And I yeah. don't know what they're asking for necessarily, but, you know, if they're asking for more, uh, dinero they might part of what they're asking for centers a lot around residuals and that a lot of oh, the, writers, for the streaming for that's the right streaming okay, services. that's right i did hear so that. basically they feel like netflix amazon prime and hulu when developing their original content haven't been haven't given uh they haven't given the uh writers the residuals that they were promised when their material was um was featured on these platforms. So they, they feel like, so they're saying, okay, so I'm um, sorry, we're kind of getting a little bit off yeah, topic, but I yeah. mean, uh, in the same vein. So they're saying yeah. that the, the writers are saying they're, they haven't been giving what they were promised or they think they should get residuals because they didn't realize streaming was, was going to be such a big platform at this point. Both. Okay. In essence, what they say is that when they agree to have their, write the content that was produced on, platforms like Netflix and Hulu Plus and Amazon Prime, they were told, okay, we're going to give you an X amount of dollars for having this show streaming for an X amount of time. And when it does, um, as long as we keep it on our platform, you're going to be guaranteed an X amount of dollars. Kind of like the way syndication worked Syndication worked in television. You know, as long as episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation mm. air on broadcast television and syndication, the actors are entitled to a certain percentage because the show is in syndication. Something very similar here with the writers, where they uh, they said they were told we're going to give you an X amount of dollars for our, your content being on our platform. Now they're saying, okay, wait a minute, you basically violated terms of your contract because we're not seeing one single bloody red cent out of what we were promised. So it's both of mm. what you just said, but then it's more it's it's a lot deeper than that too, Eric. I think they do want uh, a gradual pay raise across the board. For everybody as well, and I think they want some better, um, better assurances with their contracts and everything else. So it's a number, it's a multitude of issues kind of coalescing together as one yeah. one big problem that needs to be resolved. Yeah, interesting. I was going to look it up. I don't think we have time. We'll, we'll actually we we'll, we'll hit it on the next podcast. And yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. look more into it. Yeah. Um, but going back to going back to Will, uh, yeah. because I because and I say we'll we'll get into it more because it it is a very interesting topic. It is uh, yeah. to talk about and maybe and, and I haven't to be honest. I, like I said, I really don't know exactly all the stuff they want. I did hear some stuff. And we were mentioning. Oh yeah, that that what reminds me of what yeah with with this and with that. Um, and with streaming now, that's gonna maybe there's gonna be a lot of issues with that. But we'll dive into yeah. that. Yeah, uh, we'll have to dive into that. It'll be a very interesting topic for the next next show. Yeah, going absolutely. back to Will though. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think here's the deal. Th- this guy has kind of went unhinged quite a few times, and and I think. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you say something, I understand he's probably not really threatening the guy, but you know, he, he's very passionate 
about standing yeah. with his with his fellow uh, uh, you know people there in Hollywood, professionals his in Hollywood. Peers. Uh, yeah, and and I understand that, but at the same time, you yeah. know, this guy, you know, Jennings is probably like, wait, what? I'm just I'm just answering, you know, <laughs> what is a threat? <laughs> you know, I don't think who Ken- is Will Wheaton. I mean, right? <laughs> I mean, personally, if, if Will Wheaton and like, Ken what are you Je- talking about? Yeah, if Will Wheaton and Ken Jennings actually got into a physical fight, oh, you know what? I hate to say, Will Wheaton would win. They should do that. <laughs> you think Will Wheaton would win against? Oh, hands down, Ken Jennings is a twerp. Really? I don't think this guy would be able to even <laughs> flinch a middle finger at anybody. Seriously, <laughs> they should do. They should do a match. Remember how they used to do like grudge celebrity matches? matches? Yeah, celebrity grudge matches. Oh, and all that, that would be classic. Hell, oh, hell in the gosh. cell with Will Paper Wheaton and Ken Jennings. Paper Pay per view it. Pay per view it. Table, tables, ladders, and chairs. Where Will Wheaton brings out a folding chair from uh, underneath a table and smacks Ken Jennings <laughs> on the back, and he goes, "Beat me up, Scotty!" Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, that <laughs> that'd might be, be funny. Great. Yeah, that, that would be good. Hey, um, anyway, so I don't know what his problem is. It's kind of interesting, but yeah, when you got Will Wheaton doing threats, that's uh, that's a little scary. Yeah, it is. Hey, you also had another uh, another story here. Uh, it's kind of. <laughs> kind of interesting i'm like what is going on here i didn't even know this had happened uh yes. with the uh here, with the uh what we're talking about folks is the ruby oh. slippers from wizard of oz here you take the lead on this okay one. <laughs> so so you had sent this uh from uh, uh we got this covered we got this covered.com which says, whether they're credible or not that can be debated later but <laughs> okay. continue says, someone stole the wizard of oz ruby slippers and now they're being uh, uh indicted right yeah so a federal grand jury has indicted a man for thieving a pair of ruby slippers used in the filming of the wonderful classic movie The Wizard of Oz. Deadline, who I cited earlier, reports that a man by the name of Terry Martin is accused of stealing the iconic footwear from the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, way back in 2005. That is crazy. I'm like, 2005? Okay, here's the deal. And first, it's what, 2023 now? First, I'm like, wait okay. a minute. I, I thought the slippers were in the Smithsonian. I thought they were, too. And, I really did. And in this yes. article, they explain that. They go on to say there were like four pairs used. And I think okay. they say two two private owners. Two two owners have two of the pairs. Okay. And then okay. Uh, one of them uh, mm-hmm. it was at the Smithsonian, I think. And then this yes. one was donated to the Grand Rapids. To the Judy Garland Museum. Uh, to the Judy Garland Museum okay. in Grand Rapids, yes. Okay. Um, so that's where that comes from. Okay. So apparently, right, there was yeah. this, so it says, the, it says uh, they've been searching for 13 <laughs> this years, is great. This right? This great, yes. And apparently there was a sting operation. <laughs> right? I'm like, what operation. is this for these for slippers? <laughs> right? Yeah. Now they were, and they will, they will say this, they were insured for a million dollars at the time of their theft, <laughs> but they are appraised now for 3.5. Now it'd be interesting, okay, it's been 13 years. Was that, was the, never says in this article, was it paid out? Was the insurance ever paid out? I damned if I know. <laughs> That's that's another interesting question. Right? Who got that? Who got that one million dollars? Right. But they had this sting operation. Uh, so I guess the FBI, uh, somebody from the FBI, posed as a potential buyer. Right. And uh, it was years long. It says this has established a massive. Here's the funny part, people. Yes. Not that this wasn't funny already, but the <laughs> right. funny part is that they established a years long, massive years, years, years multiple okay. long role play scenario. Right. A scenario. Right. Sorry. Right. Where Martin thought he was uh, actually in the land of Oz and had to wear the slippers <laughs> as part of the act. I thought, what? <laughs> this is getting better and better. What I love this. What are you talking about? Right. Right. And then so yeah. So basically, yeah, it's like this years-long scenario, I guess, where they, they they do this whole sting. I'm like, they they do this for the slippers. I mean, more people get away with bigger crimes, oh, right? 
and have less attention. Listen to this. This is this is better. This is my favorite part of the whole article. What? So the article here goes on to say, we picture FBI helicopters decked out as flying monkeys and Grand Rapids cops representing the <laughs> Lollipop Guild. <laughs> we represent oh the Grand gosh. Rapids Michigan Lollipop Guild or Grand Rapids Minnesota oh Guild. <laughs> I mean, I think what they're what they're actually saying though is it's not that actually is not how it went down no, with, it's with the not. years long massive, but they just they're saying that they they have this scenario in their mind. Yeah, how a, they a did little it. bit of satire weaved into this. Yes, article here yes, somewhat. folks. Sorry, we were indulging yes. a little bit, but hey, uh, but okay, going back here just real quick. It, it, they yes. says that the slippers in question are one of four yes. remaining pairs worn by Judy during the filming. Yeah, um, two of the existing pairs are owned by private collectors. Okay, uh, one of yeah. which is on is on display at Smithsonian. Yes. Oh, and then it says that Leonardo DiCaprio led a group of donors in purchasing a separate pair. Okay. For uh, display at the Academy Museum of Motion pictures Picture and, and sciences yeah in los angeles okay, okay so so that's where that's where yeah so so that's where they were but this is i cannot believe it took them 13 years for this, a sting operation yeah this is crazy this, <laughs> this is crazy and now you can see why i posted this eric because you look like the old saying goes in hollywood you literally can't write this stuff yeah and i, I mean seriously this is something that could literally be made into a movie I, I mean, I kid you not. Just about the whole sting operation to recover the ruby slippers. I could see it being kind of like a, uh, kind of like a a comedy action type uh, film. This this you know this would be this is almost probably this might be as popular as Cocaine Bear. If they were to do this in oh, film, oh <laughs> boy! Okay, now you've crossed that line. Now you crossed that line. I think this will work, man. I think okay. this will work. I don't know. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I like. It I will too. say one last thing here in the article. Yes. Um, it doesn't say, but in my mind, it says uh, the slippers were heard saying, "There's no place like home." Anyway, wow, that's yeah. great. Great way to end that. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Oh, hey, I love it. I love it. You're in town all week. <laughs> all right. I'll buy all my right, tickets folks. later. Whoa, <laughs> speaking of that, we have to click our heels three times because that's the cue, that's folks. It. Yeah, we're going home. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, always give us a review. It does help us out. We do appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and uh, follow us on social media, Twitter, uh, at uh, PTI uh, underscore podcast. I almost missed it. You almost forgot it. And I almost on, forgot. And on Facebook at Pardon the Intermission. I'm still thinking about those ruby slippers, man. This is crazy. Eric's not in Kansas anymore, folks. <laughs> I'm not in Kansas. I don't know where I'm at. Anyway, you guys take care out there. We'll see you on the next one. God bless. Peace out. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.